Hey, this is Ryle Graber. You're listening to the Dreamcatcher Show with John Bourgeois. This is the Dreamcatcher Show. Each week, we bring you strategies from dreamcatchers from around the world to help you stop just chasing your dreams and start catching them. Now, turn up the volume and get ready for another amazing episode with your host, John Bourgeois. Welcome to another episode of the Dreamcatcher Show. Dreamcatchers, I need you to buckle up, get ready, because you're about to go for a ride. Grab a pen, grab a piece of paper. I am so excited today because we have got an entrepreneur, a high-performance coach, the creator of Royal Fitness Getaway, a nine-time IFBB champion. We have a certified sports nutritionist, a personal trainer, an author, a fitness model, somebody that's been featured in E! News, M3, Iron Man Magazine, and Muscle Fitness. Guys, I am so excited to introduce you guys to Rael. Welcome to the show. Thanks Thank for you for on. having me. I'm so excited to be here. Hold on, guys. We got a lot of value coming your way. Well, hey, let's do this. Let's go ahead, jump into things, right? Our dream catchers, I know a little bit about your background, but our dream catchers don't. So take me back. Give me, before all the accolades, before all that, what was it like for you growing up, just in general? I grew up in a cold northern community in Alberta, Canada. Okay. A really, a really small town. Um, I had a very happy, healthy upbringing with, I mean, I had rock star parents who just supported me. Whatever I wanted to do, it was like sports, music, school. Um, we were fortunate to travel a little bit as well. Um, and I was always like as a kid pushing my element with goals and dreams. Like I had my parents on the edge at 13 years old. I, I actually did a bungee jump and I was Canada's youngest bungee jumper. I don't know if I still Oh my am. gosh, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> my, poor, my poor parents um, traveling, you know, before there was internet and things. Yeah. Like, not that there was internet, but not, there wasn't FaceTime and things like yeah, we yeah, have yeah. now. So yeah. I was always someone who um, was very passionate about about living life and trying new things. But I did grow up in a very, very small community. So my parents would mm. sort of seek out opportunity for me. Mm. Were, were they entrepreneurs themselves? Were they into fitness? Like, or, or what was, what was upbringing like with that side of things? Yeah, they, they were business owners. They were in insurance okay. and real estate, but they were actually national level ice curlers. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's so, awesome. My father had um, been two times to the national championships representing his, his okay. province. So we grew up around, um, my sister and I grew up around that competitive yes. nature with definitely with sport and also just with anything in life you do, you finish it. You know, you attack something and you do it. So they were definitely, they were, they were doers. That's, that's amazing. So you grew up very much in a, probably a highly competitive sort of family like game night happens and everybody's trying to win you got it oh you got it like, <laughs> ow, the exactly exactly yeah now Definitely. were you had you always thought about being like a coach and in the fitness space or had you had other aspirations no I actually I was always I was active I mean I played volleyball as a kid I, mm -hmm. I downhill skied 
Um, I loved competitive sport, but I was, I wouldn't say I was, I was fit, you know, I was cut from my high school volleyball team. That was devastating. Um, <laughs> I, I, I decided to pursue a career uh, in dental hygiene. Oh, really? And yeah, I was always, I was passionate about science. And then I also wanted to, you know, like, I think what most kids do, I feel like in North America, maybe Europe, that mentality, that's like, well, you have your passion, you have your, your, your gift, your purpose in life, but you have your job. So, mm-hmm. you know, back mm-hmm. when, when I grew up, that was in, I don't know, was that how it was for you as well? John, it was like you. Absolutely. It was. That's exactly right. correct. Like the passion versus what you really have to do to get paid or to right. put food on the table. Right. And of course now that is, that is so very, very, very different. Thank goodness. Um, but that was what it was, was that pressure to sort of conform with society's expectations, family's expectations. Mm. Well, what are you going to do now? Um, mm. So I, I did study, uh, I had my degree in dental hygiene okay. and um, it was, I, I did that for quite a few years um, and it definitely, it was generated a great income. It allowed me the opportunity to um, you know, live a fit, healthy life and to travel. I was also very passionate about travel. Mm-hmm. Um, but my greatest passion was actually fitness and nutrition. Um, and mm-hmm. I wanted to live in a warm climate. So after a handful of years working in Canada and taking contract positions, so I would take a job and then go travel for a few months mm-hmm. and then come back. And I'm like, I'm not really happy. I decided, you know, this is not my bliss living in a cold, cold climate, um, making a great income at a very young age. Uh, but this was not really the life I was after. Mm. Um, so after like seven years of working to vacation, um, and I, I realized that wasn't the life I'd imagined for myself. I started like looking at taking my career overseas in search of sun, sand, and sea. And, you know, I love that. I absolutely (laughs) love that. (laughs) So that was the first dream. That was the first dream was like, I gotta get out of, I, First and foremost, I need to get out of this cold climate because I'm a, I'm a hibernator in the winter. I want to be yeah. fit and active, but it's like that seasonal affective yep. disorder. Yep. Yep. So, so I did it. I, I, um, I, I did. I jumped overseas and I took a role as a dental hygienist in Bermuda. That was my first jump. Oh, nice. And it was, it was, um, it was super scary. I mean, growth is, growth is difficult, mm. right? And I mean, the the truth is it's hard to leave something that's easy and you're set up in. And if you're generating a great source of income. Um, and I think that's why so many people end up settling. Like I was there and I was at that crossroad where, um, you know, I'm like, what am I going to do? Am I going to stay here and generate awesome revenue and feel comfortable comfort in Mm -hmm. my career? Um, or, you know, am I going to take this plunge? And I think, I mean, if growth were easy, like everyone would do it and it's fear, this tendency to like, uh, settle and just seek comfort. I think that's un- it's unfortunate in our society that people choose that, and there's this separation between career and 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 passion. You know? Would you say you think that's the reason why so many people stay doing things they don't enjoy or love doing is because they they're afraid to step into their their purpose, step into their passion. I would say number one, right, is fear, yes. And then Mm. fear with that comes all the other things that trinkle, like what about my obviously finances and oh my God, if I want to become an entrepreneur, leaving stable healthcare and whether they have other obligations financially like children. I mean, definitely for me, my move in my 20s was very 
e- I wasn't going to say it's easy, but it was easier when I yeah, was just, of course. okay, I'm going to sell everything. I'm going to leave Canada <laughs> with two hockey bags full of my little precious belonging. No kids, no mortgage, no, yeah. right? You just, so there's also, I mean, it's, it's the work that's involved and the fear that comes with sort of going, I have a stable life and it's okay. I'll compromise. And I, that's, I mean, definitely for me, I think that's the number one thing that holds people back. And I think we need to look at that. Like if you feel a sense of unhappiness or you're just Mm -hmm. not fulfilled and you know, you were meant to experience something different with your life that really parallels your purpose. I mean, it's time to really make that decision and call yourself out on that. We've got one life. We've got one life. And for me, for me, I stayed in the corporate world for 15 years, exactly with that same tug on my heart over and yes. over and over again, just chasing the next title because I couldn't feel fulfilled in what I was doing and just chasing yes. the money instead. Yes. And yes. I, I yes. would almost say like, listen, if you've got that tug on your spirit that you're not exactly doing what you should be doing, maybe yes. it's time to maybe not jump overseas, maybe no. not, you know, uh, quit your, your day job, but you can, you have plenty of hours at night to start to discover what is this passion? What is this purpose? What can I do with this? Yeah. I love oh my that. Gosh. Why Bermuda? Uh, it was a great, I, it was, there was a Canadian dentist out there. Okay. So the okay. connection, we both graduated from the same university in Halifax. Oh, nice. So we connected and it was, that was an easy, I knew like dentists, all dentists from all over different countries practice differently. So yes. I knew that my, my skills would be valued and appreciated there. And I just felt comfort in that. I looked okay. at, I looked at all kinds of places, um, but Bermuda is an interesting, a very interesting island because it's, um, it's a British colony and it functions yep. extremely first world, but you have uh, this amazing like island yeah. lifestyle with tons of expats from all over the world. It's like, you know, it's like high school with money, you know, people yeah. are there like working in like their careers, but you just have this incredible lifestyle. So I, I, I took the plunge. I mean, really, I think w- with this parallels with what you're saying is like, we're not, we're not trees. We're not stuck. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's not about, okay, I'm going to just jump overseas. I mean, I didn't leave, a, I didn't leave the career at this point. I was, mm-hmm. I was making the first step. Let's get you know, if I looked at my foundation, it wasn't like my dream was to pursue my career in fitness and wellness, but first step first, I don't want to live in Canada. I knew that I needed Mm. to make that move. Um, So, I mean, I just pushed myself back that past that trap of what comes easy. And I mean, that was a massively um, defining moment for me in my entire life. Like that laid the, the concrete for everything else that was to come. I mean, I think our defining moments come from when you have the courage to leave something that you don't believe in you're not happy with so you know if you feel that way like you said there's that tug on your heart that's exactly what it is just start step by step um like i said i kept my job but pursued the first step was you know moving to the first step yeah exactly the first step was you wanted some sunshine some beach some ocean water that's what the first step was yes yes and that that's the thing i think with with you know, living our best lives and mm. really living that life of self-actualization and self-fulfillment is don't, it, you got to dream big. You got to dream huge, mm-hmm. put yourself there, but think about it. Like we got to talk baby, baby, baby steps. Mm. Right. And just take that first step. 
you know, even if I think I had, I maybe had $10,000 saved when I did that first jump. Cause like I said, I wasn't changing careers. It was like, I, I was making a move. I took a huge pay cut to move to one of the world's most expensive, you know, places to live, a tiny little island. The cost of living is very high, but I was following my dream. I made mm. that decision to do it. So just start. I mean, that's Absolutely. The, big, the biggest takeaway from that was like just one baby step towards the dream. You know? Did anybody move with you? Or was I it all by alone? Yourself? Yeah, you I moved okay. alone. Had you been there before? Never been there. Okay. And, wow. Um, I always, <laughs> I had, at that point I had traveled like 52, I think countries at that point. Okay. Um, I was 27 years old. Okay. Um, but like the back and forth Canada and then go Southeast Asia for three months and then come yeah. back and be like, Oh, I'm so unhappy. Um, but it was so empowering to take that step. I mean, sold the fancy Mercedes, sold so many of my belongings, put everything in two hockey bags. That was my rule. It had to fit in two big hockey bags. <laughs> and I, I jumped over there. I, I bought a Vespa scooter. I'd never drove nice. a bike before. I had to take my nice. license and I, I crashed two bikes. And, you know, and I just, you just jump in. Like mm -hmm. everyone was doing the same thing I was there. So you meet local people, you meet people mm -hmm. that are expats, they're working and it's, it had a beautiful community to just network. And it also presented the opportunity for me to actually start to, start to really pursue my dream in, in fitness. And I, I signed up for my first fitness competition there before I even knew anyone. I, when I got there, I was like, gym membership. And who's the trainer that trains uh, people <laughs> that want to try a competition? I want to try That's awesome. a, a competition. So that was, that was literally um, how it all started. Now, what, what had made you want to try out a competition? Because going to the gym and being a competitive athlete are two very different things. Totally. And the dream was just to give it a try and see where I could push myself nice. physically and mentally. Okay. You know, what can, I, what can I do with, you know, this body that I've been given? I'm so healthy, mm. but... Um, I wanted to put on a little bit of muscle. I felt weak. I kind of felt like I was like skinny fat, you know, mm. and had been hibernating mm. in the Canadian winter. Then it was literally just a personal challenge. It wasn't even about winning. It was about, I'm going to sign up for this competition and I'm just going to give it, give it my all. I had done gymnastics as a kid, but had, you know, at close to 30, you can't, I, like, I forgot how to flip and how to do those things. So it was literally like, I'm going to hire the trainer, the gymnastics coach, and I'm just going to like the nutritionist at that point because I, I wasn't a nutritionist. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I just hired a team and, um, and followed protocol. And I competed there, like, I think eight months later when I had lived there and I, I won my two, the two competitions back to back that um, qualified me for my professional athlete status. I love so, that. It was the, it was like the magic, the, the, my omen. I mean, my gift that all of a sudden I had, um, an IFBB pro card and what that means in our, in the bodybuilding world is the IFBB, the international fitness, the Federation of bodybuilding is, um, the most prestigious federation in the world that governs our athlete bodies. So yeah. it was, um, like here, here I am, the dental hygienist with here I have my IFBB, <laughs> my, my pro card and I can yeah. now compete professionally all over the world. And I can, you know, jump on stage with all these incredibly inspiring, powerful women and just 
start slowly to fulfill the, the, this dream that I had. Was it nerve wracking your first competition? Like eight months later, after you started to train and you've got the nutritionist and you've got the coach, the first time you jumped on stage, was it nerve wracking? I think um, the stre- the, there was, of course, stress because you've just worked so hard, right? Yeah. But I definitely was like, uh, the first competition was local, so it was a smaller show. But then I went on to the Central America Caribbean Championships. So there was like 36 countries represented. So that was even more nerve wracking where I had to go back to like, this was just for fun. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> Why am I putting this pressure on myself yeah. when this was just supposed to be for fun? You go out there and you bring your best. But you, you know, you see all these other athletes and a lot of these women had been competing for pro cards for many many years decades you know like a decade like it's not an easy quest to conquer um so it was sort of the the pressure I was putting on myself Mm. and um also just the unknown like not being familiar I think I mean now looking back after doing 45 pro shows over like over a decade of competing I think like there's no nerves or anxiety because you just, you, you show up, you're here to do yeah. your job. You, you know exactly what to expect. So again, we have to, it's, it's the same scenario, right? Yep. Of anytime you're chasing something you want, that's, you're getting a little bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of stress, but if you don't put yourself into those situations, you never grow. You never, you're ne- and you're never going to have that potential to mm. really actualize what your greatest dream is. So you've got to, you've got to throw yourself out there. And that's literally what I did. It's hilarious, John. I was, when I started competing, I was 120 pounds, five foot three skinny, the skinny fat kind of sporty kid who dropped 20 pounds to compete because you have to be lean and really shredded, but then you have to have muscle. So I started training with weights the for the very first time. And I was a hundred, 101 pounds, you know, and all my fellow competitors were like 130 pounds, the same height as me. And I'm like this little tiny, like, you know, scrawny, like, like a little Ichiban noodle up there. But um, I came in just really, really lean, really conditioned. And I followed protocol. I was a good student. So that's awesome. Um, I love I that. I took, took the title. And um, so I'm, that's I'm when curious changed. though. You, you did something, you mentioned it earlier, you, you did something just for fun. You got on stage, you, you were testing yourself to see what you could do. But how did you, how did you make that shift from, you've been doing this, like dental hygiene, you'd been doing that, and that's a serious career. You'd been doing that for seven years. Yeah. And yeah. now you take something that you were just doing for fun, and you're like, you know what? I'm going to transition at, at around 30, I'm going to transition and go into a completely different field and move in that direction. How did that shift happen? Happen. Um, I wanted, it was that desire to change became more important to me than not to change where like, I mean, yeah, just had a little bit of money saved up enough that I was like, okay to, you know, just if there were months that were really hard and I only had a handful of clients that it was going to be okay because that struggle was, was worth more to me um, than actually staying in my thankless career and squeezing in. Like I couldn't, I didn't have time to help anyone else train Mm. anyone else or, or coach anyone else when I was, you know, I'm doing my cardio and uh, lunch breaks between clients, my patients, and then I'm, 
in the gym all night long. I'm home. It's 10 o'clock. I need to prep my food. So it was like, I, w- I knew I was never going to fulfill um, my greatest dream and then actually unlock that potential to, to be an entrepreneur and, and to hmm. be an online coach and empower and inspire and help women um, and people. You know, I have male clients as well, but just make a positive impact in their, in their lives. It was never going to happen if I stayed in that dental hygiene career. I had to do it. Do you mind giving us what your schedule was like before you made that jump? Like what, what were you, how long were your days dental hygiene as well as training, as well as meal prepping? What did that day to day look like at the time? Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was, (laughs) it was crazy. (laughs) I mean, I wasn't sleeping enough. I was potentially burning out because there was just, there wasn't exactly what you just said. I needed more hours in the day and I had taken on too much, but it didn't matter. You know, I was so focused on this dream, but Mm. I worked, I worked eight to 12. I had a one hour break, um, as a hygienist, which, um, the dentist I worked for actually had a little gym in his shed. So I would go outside and I would would do my cardio, (laughs) quick shower back in the, back in the dental chair. And then I would practice, um, one to five. And then two days a week, I worked till seven o'clock. And then it was with the sport that I do, we had to weight lift, but we also had to, fitness is um, three quarters of our score is a two minute fitness routine. It used to be big on ESPN, you know, back in the day. And now we see it um, globally with Arnold. We see it on the Olympia stage in Las Vegas every year. So it's actually a performance um, that combines gymnastics with strength and flexibility and entertainment. So I had to also work with a dancer, a choreographer, you know, it wasn't just go weightlift and get into like really good shape. You know, there was a lot of moving parts. So Mm -hmm. I was, I was maybe sleeping five, six hours a night, you know, there wasn't grocery delivery on the Island. So you go, you do everything yourself. Um, and of course I'm cooking to save money. I don't have like food prep. (laughs) So so, So you're, you're, getting in your performance, which is what you had to do, as well as make sure you're lifting and getting in your gym, your cardio, you're cooking and meal prepping, and then you're going to a full-time job and getting all of that done as well. Yeah. And trying to stay like switched on. I mean, dental hygiene was like, I also administered anesthetics, Mm -hmm. like local anesthetics. I was Mm -hmm. licensed to do that. I worked under magnification. I did a lot of the more difficult. Um, I worked in perio for years as well in Canada. So I was a more advanced hygienist. Mm. So it wasn't that the type of work I was doing was mindless work either. So no, not at all. It was a serious hustle. I'm glad you brought that up because I think a lot of people look at where I am now and maybe they haven't followed me for as many years as I've been, you know, on social media sharing, but you have, you know, hustle and heart will set you apart and it doesn't have to be the hustle forever. And I'm definitely now at 41 years old, like I don't want to hustle anymore. And I, I refuse to hustle, but the hustle in the beginning, it's everything. If there's not that struggle, because when you are so, it, 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 it wasn't balanced at all, but that was the value in learning, you know, so much to get, to be working so hard for something, if it would have come easy and somebody would have said every month, here's a paycheck for you to go live your dream, go train, go try it. You know, it wouldn't have been like, it would not have changed my life the way it did. It was because of how hard I had to work for Mm. it. So don't, don't fear that hustle. 
like anything worth having is not going to come easy. And in the beginning, that's what most of us have to do to, mm. to get there. Is Absolutely. Just try Absolutely. I want to dive a little deeper on something that you just said. Yes. You refuse now to hustle. Can yes. you speak a little bit on that? Yes. Um, I mean, it was, it's still never easy when we are mm -hmm. entrepreneurs. And I think that's what fuels all of us that are actually working in our field of passion. Um, but it should become a lot more enjoyable and you should feel less stressed as time goes on. Um, I've definitely found a better balance juggling a pro athletic. I just retired um, about six months ago in Las Vegas at the Olympia after 12 years and 45 professional competitions. So I was literally juggling, even when I made the switch from high, dental hygienist to, okay, I'm a pro athlete and I'm an online coach, which online coaching was barely heard of back then. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that it was still trying to go, okay, how do I get my training in and still be an awesome online coach and um, grow my business as well? Mm -hmm. You know, how do I do all of this? So that was definitely still a struggle. Um, but then a, a few years back, I started um, really making some massive changes, John, where I, I really streamlined my business. I started focusing on finding my perfect client. Um, and that took me the greater part of like, yeah, seven years to figure out. Um, when your client shares the same vision um, and goals as you, and when you're or you're, when, that, when that perfectly aligns with what you're doing, your coaching philosophies, how much more enjoyable and rewarding that experience is. Um, my approach is definitely as a performance coach, I teach, I don't instruct. I'm going to, I'm going to teach you how to crush your goals. I'm not going to tell you what to, I'm not going to just tell you, follow this. You know, I'm going to give you all the tools, but guess what? Some people, they don't want to know. They just nope, want you to exactly. tell them what to do, you know, <laughs> give me this, give me that. Like, and then they're out at a corporate, a lot of my clients are corporate clients. They're out at corporate functions and they're having full on anxiety texting me in the bathroom, you know, oh my gosh, I don't know what to eat. It's a plated, it's a, I can't make any choices. You know, tonight's dinner is all set. And it's like, these are not. I need to work with people who want to be empowered. And mm. when I started actually, um, when I started actually realizing that I, I went from actually coaching nearly a hundred online clients to 15. Um, so I made a massive uh, change. I took a big risk, but it was also the same year um, Arnold Schwarzenegger expanded his USA only, you know, it's been around for over 25 years his, his sports festival in Columbus, Ohio, mm -hmm. globally. So he announced he was handpicking 10 bodybuilders and 10 fitness athletes to travel the world with him. And it was that year that he did it. And I was one of the athletes that was selected. That's amazing. So, again, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to juggle? Um, that's going to just be totally chaos and I'm not going to enjoy it and I'm going to fail. So I knew something had to change, but it was literally looking at my business at that point and going, wow, I'm going to do this. This is scary. This is really mm. scary to double or triple fees um, and, and reach out to a handful of clients you were coaching that you felt were your perfect fit. Um, and you know what? I was so pleasantly 
rewarded John from that decision. Every single client I connected with at that point agreed. They said, we want more of you. There's not more of you to give. That's we would amazing. Love to, That's we would awesome. love to have more FaceTime calls with you. Mm. We would love to have mm. more customization. Mm. We would love to have more takeaways and time with you. Um, so it was, again, what a great experience to learn who is find your perfect your niche client, you know, who are you? No, who are you trying to target? And that takes a while to figure out, right? I mean, in the beginning, it, there was value in taking everybody because if I didn't, I wouldn't have learned that. Absolutely. And Dreamcatchers, I want you to hear something, right? So you, you have the reason why I ask, okay, why do you refuse to hustle now? Is because we hear it way too often that the only way to get ahead is you have to hustle. And I'm a firm believer, just like, you were saying earlier, you have to, at the very beginning, you definitely have to hustle. And I think you still, it's like, it's like lifting weights at the gym. It's not saying that the weight gets any easier. You just realize, Hey, I'm stronger now. I can pick up yeah. 45 pounds. Whereas in the past I couldn't, and I had to work my way up there. Right. Yes. yes but yes, it's yes, not yes, about yes. burning out every day when you hit the gym, if we're going to use a gym analogy, the thing yes. that, the thing that I love though, that you were talking about, is you made a massive shift when 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 somebody thinks about okay streamlining you went from a hundred clients to 15 you went from your price point being a dollar to doubling it to tripling it those are two massive fears shrinking yes. your clientele down and yes. then charging way more than what you'd been charging in the past yes 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 i think i mean two things that are like screaming out at me there that um know your worth i knew yes, at that point absolutely. like oh my god i'm i'm one of the i'm one of the top ranked fitness athletes in the world i'm self-coaching myself i'm getting myself into the best shape of my life and um and i know my my worth and my mm. value i know what i can deliver like i'm going to deliver results and i guarantee if i'm working with only 15 people i i've got the finger, my finger on the pulse for mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing was not just streamlining John, but also um, generating new sources of revenue because mm. I was thinking about, I'm a pro athlete, which um, when I was a t one of the top 10, I still wasn't the top three. So in we're getting better. I mean, we're, we're starting to be paid more money and the um, actually Athleticon this fall in Atlanta, it's October 11th weekend is the first time ever we will see equal pay for men and women and first mm. places over, we're over six figures now to win that event. So it's, it's happening. But in 2016, you know, a, a fourth place in Spain is like, here's a couple thousand dollars. So I huh. started to also think about how can I continue to I'm living my dream. I'm traveling with Arnold and I'm competing with these power women on these amazing stages all over the world. I'm meeting, I'm meeting fitness enthusiasts globally. Like it was just the most, like I get goosebumps talking about it. Cause of course it's, <laughs> it's, it was, that was my, my thing. And then I'm coaching and I get to make this positive impact just sharing, you know, I had, I did have my nutrition degree, which I was doing on the side before Mm -hmm. uh, my pers personal trainer certifications. I was always taking online courses on holistic nutrition and how can I better myself. But you put that together with my on my experiences, 
And it was like, wow, these people want to be where I am. And I have so much to share with them. How can I take the stress off myself, stop this hustle and enjoy my life more? And cre I started to create um, some different revenue streams for myself, which I mm. wish I would have done sooner. Uh, and that was really, like really key. What were some of the new um, revenue streams that you created? So I started to, instead of just sell 12 week coaching that was customized where we sit like this face to face, um, I did some more pre-packaged, which kind of went against my grain, but it was like at this price point, this is what I'll deliver. Um, and it wasn't that they had access to me, but that it was more sort of, you know, do it yourself, teaching. but created by you, correct? Type correct. model. Okay. okay. Yes. Where I would send those off, you know, um, <laughs> I also started doing one-on-one um, -on -one fitness experiences where I would have um, clients come into me. I, I did take a jump from Bermuda at the three-year mark and I jumped out to Barbados and that's where oh, okay. I, I officially set up my consultancy was in Barbados. So then I was trying to get myself into a, a more, um, a destination for training, like where mm. people want to come out and they want to train hard. Um, they want to have a life-changing experience, but they also want to relax and they want to hit the beach. Yep. They want to experience yep. some culture. Yep. So then I had probably one person a month coming out. Some of them I coached, some of them were just new people that wanted to come out. And that was, again, another source of um, revenue that I was loving it. It's a four day experience and you, you teach and you train and you plan the experience, but then, you know, it's only four days a month, um, which that eventually grew to Rael Fitness, Rael Fitness Getaway, yeah. which is now um, group of four to six people. Um, and I'm running those programs globally. Um, I love that. I absolutely love that. I love it that. Was, <laughs> it, it was just like, how can I, and again, for, it's still like, wow, I get to have a lot of the online clients I coach come to, to one of my events once a year, at least. Mm. Um, and then a lot of them are new people that have just started following me where, how can I make a, an impact in person? Right. And that's that opportunity to be hands-on with clients. Uh, but I didn't want to be a personal trainer. I didn't want to be in the gym. That was going to lead me down the same road as dental hygiene. I, I was mm. not going to do that. I knew right away that was not what I wanted. Yeah, what, ro so what, just, road, just, what road would have been a, a personal trainer at the gym? What road would that have taken you down? Like, what would you have been doing that you didn't want to be doing? Um again, it would have been to me, I felt like it would have been a hustle and it would have been, gotcha. I wouldn't have been able, like, if you hired me to be your trainer, I can't, I can't impact you in the same way as if you hire me to be your coach, where I'm looking at your nutrition, your supplementation, your sleep, your water, your stress, your lifestyle, nutrient timing. Like, when do you train? If you train at five o'clock, you certainly have to eat different than if you train at six in the morning. Um, really, really getting to know my client, mm. the pers personal training for me, it just wasn't my thing. I'm not, I'm not taking value away from personal trainers. Oh my gosh. Good trainers are hard to find and absolutely amazing when you do find them. But yes. I knew that I wanted to offer that all encompassing yes. experience where I could make a greater impact because of the impact fitness had made in my life. Mm. I'm curious because you have done this so well. So I'd like to, I'd like to pivot just a little bit 
Yeah. You have created an amazing community called RyeFit. Okay. I mean, people wouldn't be going on getaway vacations, working out if you hadn't created that community. How did you do that? That's what I'm curious about. How did you build that community of people that were like, oh my goodness, I want to be a part of RyeFit? It was literally me living my dream. It was me, them following me. It was just like, and that was my hashtag was dream, dream chaser. It's like, I mean, that's why I love, I love the name of your podcast. I was like, it's so true. Thank you. <laughs> because that's what it was. It was like, this was, this was my dream. And then um, to actually have your dream, you realize that's your, your passion and your purpose. And then that that parallels your career. So literally people just started following my journey and my journey was my journey probably in 2016 did pivot where it wasn't about me anymore. This isn't about what can I achieve? Like I've been a pro since 2009. I'm, I'm, I'm now about what can I share? How can I inspire Mm. and every single day? What can I, what can I showcase to help people live healthier or more fulfilled lives in all aspects of what they're doing? So they just started, people just started to connect with me on that level and follow, follow, follow. So it was just that every single day doing something to put one foot in front of the other and really share, share my journey, my personal Mm. journey, which was my dream. Um, My personal journey was, was, to do this. And in doing that, actually, I ended up building my empire was like, like, and I, again, I, I would have, I'm, I am so fulfilled on so many levels with that because I got to live my dream. I'm so fulfilled. There's nothing more I would have wanted to achieve from my athletic career and people following that for a decade got to see what I was capable of and my knowledge and my passion. I mean, I think really at the end of the mm-hmm. day, people want to work with people that are passionate and that are obviously talented and that have been where they want to go. Yep. Absolutely. You know? If Absolutely. I have the PhD in sports nutrition, you know, or I have the degree with the certifications and all this experience, you know, um, all the and setbacks. I love what you, I love what you said earlier. Like, and I wrote this down, me living my dream built the community. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. And I, that's why we have, you can't take your dream and smash it. You yep. have to open yourself up to actually like, did you ever think about that, that your dream could become your full on career. And I mean, I think that's, that's, that's the secret sauce where if we all just started pursuing things we were more passionate about and things that we were really happy doing. Um, there's always an angle there where you can teach, you can share, maybe you have something you can sell. Um, but that's what people want right now. People don't want to go mm. sit in a classroom. I mean, and there's, there's some days, I mean, I'm still, I'm still scared. I'm terrified right now. I've taken on a big project. I'm publishing my first book. It's a recipe book. Um, and I put a hard deadline of, um, August before August. Cause I'm having my first baby in August. Congrats so, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> thank you. So I was like really trying to get this, like, I don't have any residual income. Where's my residual, you know? So that's, that was the biggest thing was to take, um, I love fit recipes and I'm so passionate about, um, not just, not just fit recipes, but 
fit, powerful recipes that actually mm -hmm. are packed with nutrition. And this recipe book is going to change lives. So I, I took this on as well. Um, but some days I'm scared. I've got a lot on my plate, but I mean, that's what growth is about. You've got to put yourself, um, out there. It's not just enough to talk about what you want to do. Talk, talk, talk. Yeah. You have to put yourself out there and, um, take risks in your life. Like it's going to be tough, but if, if you want to grow, you've got to seek out those opportunities that force you to take those. Yep. Those leaps. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I'm curious because you definitely are a serial dream catcher. Like you've <laughs> yes. caught multiple dreams and continue to catch multiple dreams. Right. I'm curious what, what helps you to continue to take the jump, continue to make the leap to continue to go after that next step because you have continuously gone, okay, I was on stage once. Now I'm going to be on stage 45 times. Okay. I've got one client. Now I'm going to get a hundred. Now I'm going to scale it back to 15. Now I'm going to triple my fees. Now I'm going to go on tour with Arnold. Now I'm going to launch a book. Like what has kept you motivated and at the same time going after more dreams and wanting to catch them rather than slowing down and going, you know what? I've done enough. Yeah. Um, I don't think I could ever, ever, I mean, I'll be like the 80 year old badass grandma, you know, that's going to be me. That's going to be out there flipping around on the beach. Like, come on, everybody. Get up, um, I, love I mean, it's, it's, um, it's just like, it's just, it's in me. I mean, obviously like I know that working in transformation is rare and it's very, mm -hmm. very, very rewarding. And the possibility that I could come out with something else that like a book um, that people can get all over the world in different languages on Amazon, I can reach way more people. I can yeah. impact. How can I impact more people? I, as a performance coach, the type of coaching I'm doing is a high ticket price, you know, item where I'm only coaching that amount of people. Most of those people being corporate people. Uh, 15 people, how can I make a greater impact um, mm. and influence people? And then obviously too, when I, my business starts growing, I mean, never did I ever dream like, oh my God, I remember I had my first $5,000 a month and then I had my first $10,000 a month and then I had my first $20,000 a month. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like where you start growing and growing and there's been bigger months than that. And it's mm. so incredibly like, not that I am, I'm not motivated, uh, by money. I have, you know, like I'm so fulfilled and I'm not that girl that I'm more about ex buying experiences than things. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um, but it's also extremely exciting to think this all started with the dream. I started this business when no one was really doing what I'm doing. Um, I'm a pioneer in that, in the industry and also to look at, you know, what it's created um, financially when there were so many naysayers, mm. so many people. And when I was down, I mean, the setbacks that I had um, through injury, the financial struggles in the beginning, like, honestly, guys, don't think I didn't fail and struggle. I mean, there were hard, hard times. There were months, some months where I, I could barely eat. And I mean, the value in that, again, is going through that and enduring mm. through that and, and what, you, what you learn. I have learned more from my failures and my setbacks than I have my successes, 100%. I love that. Uh, talk yeah. to me, talk to me about the, talk to me about the next step for you. Cause obviously it's going to be a transition. 
Um, yes. We're stepping into being a mom and having our first. So what's that going to look like for you? What's that going to look like for your business? What's that transition going to look like? Um, definitely with the book launching this summer, um, I want to be doing actually more public speaking because again, it's a nice way to impact more people and make that mm -hmm, change mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. with the book, tying that in. Um, so you'll definitely be seeing more of me um, out there. Uh, my global retreats were all launching this year. I had, because I had retired in the fall last year, I had expanded Royal Fitness Getaway from uh, the Mex Mexico. I'm in Cancun. My, I'm based in Cancun, Mexico. Uh, but I had expanded it from Cancun into eight different countries. That's um, amazing. So I was all ready to go. Thank you. And then um, I obviously I got pregnant right after, which was the plan. I didn't, I'd never ever dream it would happen so quickly but again you manifest these things and you put it out there and the world gives you back and um we were pregnant on our very first try right after the world championships and so i had to cancel bali and costa rica um now jordan was i'm supposed to be in jordan in three weeks and we've just announced we're just postponing it today because of mm. corona coronavirus so um, unfortunately, a lot of these, the events now with the virus, the early spring events I had and yeah. then my, my baby. So I've had to pivot, but those 2021 will be, oh my gosh, I'm so excited because it will be the, between the, the fitness getaway, the retreats and speaking and traveling with the, the book as well. Um, and keep my, obviously the online coaching business is there and it's going to, it's going to. I love the the opportunity to work very closely with those people. At that, and stay. now you're now you're going to have a baby at the hip to be able to do baby, it with you, right? We'll be packing <laughs> diapers and oh That's yeah, right. getting in sweats. And I mean, the the pregnancy journey has been so exciting as well, John. Because like, and I I wasn't thinking of that in in this way, but now that I'm sharing content, I'm just like, okay, today's workout, and all of a sudden, I have this like you know, my stories have almost doubled in views every day. And a lot of these women and are women who either are going through pregnancy or are thinking about pregnancy, or they're just, uh, maybe they're having trouble conceiving and they're following my journey. And it's so exciting to think about, like, because before I, I was the online coach that would say like, well, just modify that, like modify that exercise. I know you're pregnant, but I mean, I didn't really understand. And now, yeah. oh my, so you can't, modify a lot of things <laughs> you, you need to know so i mean it's like you've got a your bump is yeah. sticking out you know you, yeah. you you can't lay on your stomach and and lift or squat certain ways and so it's i think um i'm very excited about the opportunity not that i will ever be a pregnancy specialist that's not what i'm what i'm saying but to have those women reach out to me that of course are pregnant and want to embark on a really healthy pregnancy journey. So that's also a market that I never, um, I haven't actually coached a lot of moms and I'm so excited to coach pregnant, you know, pregnant women and, and new moms. Uh, postpartum I love that. As well. I Yay. love that. Well, how did your, how did your routines shift and, and pivot when, when you got pregnant, especially as you went into your second trimester, you were in your first trimester like how did how did that pivot change um do less with more focus huh. so i realized very I love quickly that. john cuz i was like i'm i'm so super healthy i have boatloads upon boatloads of energy 
Um, but I noticed first trimester, I would just crash and burn. Like I get my eight, <laughs> eight and a half hours, nine hours in the first trimester of sleep. And then at one o'clock, I'm like, I need a nap. And I wake up and it's 3.30. Like what is happening where I, it was, it took me like one day to go, you need to cut yourself some slack right now. And you need to, mm. you need to really, really, um, look at your schedule and restructure and um, do less with more focus. So now anything like I am hyper focused with my tasks, my high productivity times, whatever's in there, nothing comes in that in the way. Like every day has very clearly outlined tasks or I'm going to, I'm going to fail because yeah. I, I need to also just relax more and just um, make sure that I do get my, if I get my nine hours, in the second trimester, I'm good. And who knows what the third trimester is. Bring it on. But I think that's what's also cool. I mean, you, I love the word you use, pivot. I think that um, as entrepreneurs, we have that exciting opportunity to do so. And don't fear doing that. You know, like this is something I, I may never experience again. And I want to enjoy this journey. I want to make sure my body is healthy you know, nourishing my baby mm-hmm. in baby's growth. Um, so I'm, I'm totally, I couldn't have asked, like everything is just, I'm really blessed and thankful that everything is in a really nice place right now. Mm. I love that. Rael, last two questions for you. Yes. Obviously our dream catchers need to be a part of your, your world, what you've got going on, what you're doing. And I mean, especially if they're wanting to get coached by you, where is the best place for them to find you? Yes, everything is Rael Fitness. So it's so simple, everyone. You can find me on um, Instagram, Rael Fitness, R-Y-A-L-L Fitness, Facebook as well. And also my website, RyalFitness.com, which explains a little bit more um, about my services and the type of things that I deliver. (laughs) (laughs) And before we go to the last question, I just want to say thank you so much for your time. I literally myself have gotten so much value. I mean, guys, I know you can't see my notes, but literally Uh. I'm writing (laughs) notes upon notes upon notes because whether you're, whether you're a mom or you're expecting, or you're in the fitness world or not dream catchers, like when you listen to serial dream catchers, they're going to give you pieces of value to catch your own dreams. And for me, Ryle, literally today, like what you just said, but also what you were talking about earlier, refuse to hustle and do less, but with more focus. I think that's very, very powerful, especially for entrepreneurs, but more importantly for dream catchers in general. You don't necessarily need to be the hamster on the wheel that's never getting off. You can still accomplish a lot of things, but making sure that your focus is targeted there versus just running as fast as you can. Oh my gosh, totally. It's when you streamline in that way, you like, I mean, I remember for years feeling so unproductive. I wasn't getting anything done and I was, but it was just not hyper-focused. Whereas Mm. if you take your Monday to Friday and again, don't get stuck in because you are an entrepreneur, you need to work Saturday and Sunday or, you know, create that schedule for yourself. If you really take your schedule, I mean, I use this, like, it's just a piece of paper. I use this like today's plan and it's got every day. I write that out the night before Mm. And it's got my top three tasks of the day. 
And that is non-negotiable. When we start to slip and slide on things, that's when all of a sudden your, you know, your six hour day or your eight hour day turns into a 10 or 12 hour day. And, you know, we burn out. Um, so I think every entrepreneur has been there, you know, where mm -hmm. you feel all, all caught off balance and that balance is elusive and we're, it's always going to be this hustle. Um, but you also have to create, I really feel like creating reasonable, um, when you look at your goals and your dreams for your, your business plan like that, don't put too much on your plate at once. Like try mm. to conquer one thing. It, you know, if you look at what I, what I did over the years is I, I just, it was one step at a time, one step at a time and soak up every time you fail, soak that up. Like I'm, I'm an avid journaler. I mean, journaling is just that opportunity to have your mind connect to your body instead of yep. just keep going. Yep. Yep. So yep. if you actually fail, write that down. Like, what are you going to take from that experience and, um, and move forward? And you know what happens is we end up generating, I'm sure you totally will agree with this, is we end up generating that beautiful thing called momentum. Mm -hmm. And you can actually generate momentum because you're prepared for those, those, those moments of like doubt, hesitation, maybe failure. Um, so it's really important to also reflect, you know, while you're building up your business or you're chasing your dream, we all make mistakes, own them, but learn and grow from that. Absolutely. I, I'm a big believer in the fact that losses are actual learnings. Like yes. failures is an opportunity for you to be taught a lesson yes. from that failure. Plain yeah. and simple. Oh my gosh. It's the most valuable lesson we can learn. Cause believe me, when you fail hard enough, you will never, ever, ever do that again. And it's important to not brush those moments under the carpet, you know, look at them, face that right, right in the face. And, and also don't be afraid to dream big. I mean, I think that's like, when you really think about your dreams, they should make you feel uncomfortable and you yeah. should have, <laughs> you should have those like crazy doubts where you're like, but can I do this? Mm. I mean, if you would have asked me 20 years ago, would have I ever dreamt I would be the number one ranked fitness athlete winning Arnold, winning massive international competitions, American competitions, and traveling the world with Arnold. And um, would I have a high profile performance coaching business? Would I have this, you know, destination fitness experience, this company that I, I like never, would have I ever thought this? No, but I was, I was not afraid to put it out there. And every mm. single year, it was the annual journal, right? What am I going to conquer and hold myself accountable at those three-month in increments of putting one foot in front of and getting closer to my really big, uncomfortable dream? So it should scare I you. I love that. I love you that. Should, and, <laughs> and that's how you do it. Dream catchers. Literally, that's how you do it. Here's my big dream. How do I break it down into the bite-sized pieces? And how do I create momentum to go after it? on a regular basis. And it sounds like you were, you were looking at the dream, you know, every three months going, am I getting closer? Is the next step? What's the next step? Am I, have I tackled the next thing that needs to get me a little bit closer to that dream? Totally. You hold yourself accountable. You know, mm -hmm. you, it's you against you hold yourself accountable and just take one foot literally and put it in front of the other. You can't take too big a bites because you know, then, and it's not about not wanting to fall. But, you know, if you hold yourself accountable and you create really realistic three-month goals, like where do I want to be in 12 weeks? 
and then you lay out that schedule. Mm. You know, hold yourself accountable. You're going to now, you're doing less with more focus because your focus is just on three months. Mm-hmm. It's not about the big, you know, the big end of the rainbow, right? It's like that, li- that three month bite, another bite, another bite, another bite. Um, oh, incredibly valuable. I mean, I hired mm. a, a couple of business coaches as well to help me work through these things, which was so valuable. Whatever your goal is, it's great to look at hiring someone that's been where you want to go. Like I said, with my athletic and nutrition and training experience, if you can look at um, build your team, who do yep. you need to help you accelerate um, in the direction of your dreams? Because that those, those coaches, I mean, still today, I work with one of them that is helping me with my book uh, coach. Um, those experiences are, I mean, what you gain from that is invaluable, really, really. So don't be afraid as well to invest in yourself. Absolutely. Last question for you today. If you were to go ahead and I love asking this question, if you were to go ahead and bump into yourself 10 years younger though, and you could only give one piece of advice, what would that be? Oh, only one. I mean, only one. I think, um, believe in yourself, you know, Mm. and as maybe cliche as that sounds, um, you, that's something you can't buy. That's something you can't depend on anybody else for. Um, and that's something that my mindset, like believing in me and my capabilities, um, and going out and achieving my greatest goals and dreams, um, that mindset now is it's unstoppable. It's unbreakable. And if you don't believe in yourself, whatever you're actualizing, whatever you're working towards is actually never really going to be all it can be. Mm. So I really think, um, believe you've really got to front with like from the bottom of your midget toe, you have to believe (laughs) in what you're believe in you, you know, absolutely. all those negative self-talk, like we all have that little voice in our head. You turn that voice off and you always need to keep moving forward and uh, believe in this, believe in yourself. I mean, we all have the greatest, we all have a gift to give. We all have that within us and we're all also extremely unique and there's enough out there for everyone. So you have to believe and, and know your worth and just go for it, go for it. Rael, I have had an absolute time of my life having you on the show. I honestly want to say thank you today for jumping on. You've brought me personally a lot of value and I want to say thank you. I know our dream catchers have, are feeling the exact same way. So thanks for jumping on. Thank you, John. Thank you for having me. I'm so, so excited to, like I said, the opportunity to, to share and inspire and empower other people to chase their dreams. So thank you. It's, it's awesome to be here. Absolutely. Dream catchers, here's what I want you to do for me. First and foremost, I, I know that you're subscribed to the show. I know you've already gone ahead and done a five-star rating and review. Here's what I want you guys to do. If this episode specifically brought you value, I want you to find another dream catcher. I want you to share this episode with them. And I want you to let them know why it brought you value and what you think it's going to do for their lives. Guys, we'll see you on the next episode. <laughs> Bye, everyone.